When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 104. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm okay. Uh, I went and did a CT scan today and I was terrified that they're going to have to do blood work and then they never did it. Oh, uh, you lucked out, my friend. <laughs> Yay. Because <laughs> I am a baby. No, I'm right there with you. I had to get blood work on Monday. Uh, I didn't pass out. I nice. did get a little lightheaded, but I, I did not pass out. Uh, I think the nurse knew that I was a uh, fall risk because she asked <laughs> if I wanted to lay down. I was like, "Oh yeah, sure," because I'm, you know, I'm not going to say anything. Of course, I'm just going to wait until I pass out because I'm afraid to talk to people. Uh, so yeah, I, she asked if I wanted to lay down. I was like, "Yes, that would be great," and I was fine. Wow, really? Okay, I, I go out and I tell them that I'm a straight-up baby. Uh, and then they look at me like I'm a weirdo because I have s- sleeves on both of my arms, like tattoos. Mm-hmm. And they go like, well, why, how do you not like needles? It's not the same thing. It's not. <laughs> nurses out there, it's not the same thing. Yeah, I've, I feel like it's it's different. And I don't have tattoos, but the difference between a needle going into a vein and a needle just piercing your skin, I I, I can get behind the logic being different. Yeah, it, it's and it's not even mental. It's just a full-on physical thing. Like the blood just drains to my feet. But when I go, I tell them that, and I say like, "You need to put me on my back. I need to have my feet up. I have to drink water. Like, give me like five minutes to prep myself. I have to like play or like touch my vein myself <laughs> ahead of time just to get myself ready for like the touch. Uh, and and then once it's done, when she's like, it's usually a she uh, pulls the, the blood out. Give me, I, I bring this like sock thing that I have in my freezer. My wife put it's two old pairs of socks. They're clean. Okay. Uh, we put uh, rice in them. You put it in your freezer, mm. and it's it acts like a like a like cooling a pad. Yeah. So I bring that with me, and I tell them to bring the the sock out of my bag, and I put it over my forehead. That helps me when it might. I get all flustered when the, the heat starts to rise. Hey, man, I get it. There's no shame here. I'm right there with you. That is not fun. Um, and there's been many a story. Maybe on the mailbag show one day. There's a plug there. Those stories will come out, but uh, not nice. on the regular pod. Not on the regular pod. That's fine. <laughs> Embarrassing stories only for patrons. <laughs> yes, that's exactly how it goes. <laughs> that's what you pay for. Embarrassing stories. Do you blackmail us later? <laughs> I mean, pretty much. <laughs> So, do you have an addition for us, Mitch? Oh, yes. Sorry. I realized I, I brought that up, and I don't really know what to go with because 2004 was not a good draft for us. As in, we didn't really pull someone that was going to move the needle for us or that ended up moving the needle. Our first uh, overall, our first round pick, sorry, was uh, Petri Nokalainen, Piteri, Piteri. Peter Inokalainen, 16th overall, scored 41 points in 245 NHL games. Oh, my God. Big next, time wolf. Okay. Yeah. Next is Blake Como, 47th overall right. in the second round. Pretty good. Yeah. 303 points in 797 games. Not too bad. And then no, no one after that, really. Until so you hit Chris Campoli in the seventh round. Um, 146 points in 440 games. So take your pick. Chris Campoli or Blake Como? I'm going Como. Okay, so I will pull him him up, and then uh, we'll go through some questions again later on. Before the third segment, I'm going to try to remember it this time. No. All right. Sorry, before the social. Before social, that. yeah. Okay, let's do that. 
All right, so let's get the topic train rolling, Mitch. We are going to start out in Rumorville, one of our favorite towns here on the Eyes on Isles podcast. So the Mitch Marner buzz started circulating the old interwebs again this week. Mitch wrote a little something about it, if an offer sheet would really be in play for the New York Islanders. And what say you, Mitch? Give us an update on what you had in the article. So the rumor is just that the Islanders are thinking about giving Mitch Marner an offer sheet. You know, we've been hearing that for months, but it just it came up again. Um, I've even seen links. I haven't heard the audio yet of Darren Dreger saying that the Islanders made or may be looking to make a play on that. Uh, again, he's been saying that for a while, so that's not necessarily new in and of itself. It's just being said again. And uh, it's August. We're now a month away from training camp which is a month away from the regular season, and you're going, maybe there's got some legs here. At some point, like he still has not signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, and ultimately, I, what I wanted to do in my post is I wanted to break it down and say, like, well, because Jeff Vayet on Twitter had a, good, uh, had a good point in saying that if you believe that the Islanders are entertaining a $13 million AAR, uh, AAV offer sheet for Mitch Marner, you have to believe that they'd be willing to make him the highest paid player in the, in the league, um, that they can make it work, uh, that they would be willing to ship off four first round picks for him. And I, I broke that down that way. I added another question though, because he has to sign it or else it doesn't exist. Uh, would he actually sign that offer sheet? And I tried to answer all those four questions. Okay. So I'm, I'm kind of going in reverse order, but that's yeah, how that's my fine. memory works because what you said last stuck out in my brain. So yes, I think he would absolutely sign that. Uh, to be the highest paid player in the league, I think he 100% does. I don't think it's just about money for him. I think it's about money with Toronto for him. I don't think he signs it. Yeah, but him and Matt Martin are like basically BFFs for life. <laughs> of course, they have the matching lockets, and then you they, could, they connect and they turn into like, I don't know Captain Planet when they meet. <laughs> and then, like after this year, you could re-sign Matt Martin for like four hundred thousand dollars or whatever the cheapest amount possible for the next I don't know however long the Mitch Marner contract is. Just <laughs> Marner <laughs> slides him a five hundred thousand dollars per diem under the table every year. Yeah. <laughs> that seems that seems fair. I've got you under retainer, Matt. Don't worry or about it, buddy. Spin zone. Yeah. What if Matt and Sydney then move in with Matt Marner? Or Mitch Marner rather. Because <laughs> they are he's now got one. all the monies. <laughs> Matt Marner. Hey. Mitch Martin? Whichever I'm just one. spitballing here. Uh yeah, he he can move in with them, right? They would have the more established household, I would imagine. Um although you know, with all the monies he'd be making, you know. Anyways. Um I don't think he signs. I think he wants to stay in Toronto, be the good Canadian boy, but he doesn't want to get paid winger money. He wants to get paid center money. He knows he doesn't play center, but I don't think he cares. He looks like a guy like Artemi Panarin and says, hold on, I'm going to get less than him, and I'm going to let get less than Matthews. Uh, why? Because I'm not a goal-scoring center. I don't care. I'm a goal-producing machine. I have 94 points last year. What did Matthews get? It wasn't too far off as far as I know, but still, um, that's worth something. And I, and I think that's why he stays there. I, I If this has come like the end of September and this offer is made, maybe. But if it's today, no, there's no way he signs it. I don't know. Do you really think he would get $13 million per year from the Maple Leafs, though? I don't. I don't think the Leafs ever want to go there, but I think they could make it work. Matthews had 73 points, by the way, so 21 points less than than Marner. All the 37 goals. Um, so there's, there's that. They have the space is the thing, right? Like, let me just bring this up. They, they don't have the cap space, per se. Like, they're the highest capped team in the league at $84 million, or $84.397 million. But they got, like... Ottawa Senators type of room on LTIR with Nathan Horton, David Clarkson, Zach Hyman, and Travis Dermott. Uh, maybe you know Zach Hyman and, and Dermott come back, but they they have thirteen point six million dollars worth of uh, LTIR that they could potentially use. Yeah, so they can go over obviously by by that amount. Um, they're over by a couple million dollars, so you know. 
maybe it's not a full 13 but still they got they got room to make this move they they can make it work for 13 they obviously don't want to have to go there but if if someone's going to be dumb enough not dumb enough I should say that if someone in their eyes is going to be dumb enough to do it then I think maybe people they they say all right go for it but again I really don't think that Mitch Marner signs it today as of right now, I don't think he signs an offer sheet with the New York Islanders. I think he waits until the last minute where he knows he's not going to get that money from Toronto, and then he signs. What's the last minute to you? Because we saw like William Nylander, that went into the season. Are you saying like that late, or are you saying like in training camp before the season starts? I think training camp before the season starts. So if it was like a month from now, let's say, then maybe he does? Like maybe he does. September? Maybe he does. I think if it gets to the season, I don't think Lou's going to go in and try to get an offer sheet. Although maybe, you know, it, it just seems that he might, he being Lou, will go, all right, you, you deal with your demons over there, Toronto. You've got till December 2nd to sign him. And if you're not willing to go there, guess what? You lose him for the year. So it sucks to be you. I'll sign him next year. And I guess if you can't sign him, I know he was still becoming RFA, so that's nothing. They try again. I guess. I, I don't know. I don't see that happening, though. Maybe not. Again, like if they come at it, if they go, they being the Islanders, to Mitch Marner in September and say, what about now? That probably changes. Yeah. I, I, I guess I, I'm seeing the direction you're going with your take. I don't know if I necessarily agree 100% with it because I just believe that this guy seems to be holding out for the most money possible and I think if he is offered thirteen million dollars a year, I think he would take it. Uh so that's where we differ. But at the end of the day here, I guess what we really gotta get to is how likely do you think an offer sheet is? I think it's likely. So let's assume he's gonna sign. Right? I I will jump on your bandwagon here. Maybe not bandwagon on your opinion wagon and just agree with you and say, yeah, he signs. Okay. We still have to figure out, well, I guess, if they, they give him the offer sheet, they'd be okay with the four draft picks. They'd be okay with the $13 million. Uh, and they'd be okay with moving some, some things around. <laughs> we saw that Lou wanted to add a top winger. We saw he tried to get Panarin. We saw he tried to get Gusev. Uh, when, you got, when you got a guy like Mitch Marner potentially available, I think he goes. I think he tries to do that. See, I genuinely think the Islanders have a better chance of trading for an RFA than offer sheeting one. I just don't think Lou Lamarillo has it in him to play the bad guy. I'm using that in quotations because, I don't know, NHL GMs, it's like the good old boys club. You don't want to do anything to screw over somebody else. And an offer sheet can really make things complicated. I don't think he wants to open himself up to where one of his guys can get offer sheeted next year. So I think you'd be more likely to see a trade yeah fair like, I think he'd rather go the trade route than the offer sheet route but if he think he can if he thinks he can get the guy through offer sheet he must be confident in his ability to uh, stave off any offer sheets next year uh, and we also have to remember the reason that GMs don't like doing offer sheets not only because they don't want their own guys offer sheeted but they got a job after this potentially right like if God snow goes and offer sheeted a bunch or, or had offer sheeted a bunch of teams you think his name comes up? Like if he offer sheeted Minnesota last year for something. Excuse me. You think his name comes up? Uh, I guess not. So with that being said, Lou, who's probably, let's be honest, on his last gig before he, he retires. Um, you got to think like he doesn't care. Whatever. And it's Toronto. Screw you guys. I could have been your GM for longer. I could have been there. Screw you guys. I'm running my team the way I want to run my team. I'm going to go for it. What are you going to do? Blacklist seemed, me? Big deal. I don't that care. That seems so anti-Lou Lamarillo, though. You're probably I, I right. I don't know. Even in the, our fantasy world that we're trying to drum up these scenarios, I still can't see that happening. Fair enough. I think the trade route might be best, or not might be best, but makes the most sense. Um, It's just when you look at, at the, um, the available RFAs, it's just I, I don't get the sense that any of them are moving. Like we don't see any any trouble aside from Mitch Marner. You know, Ristolainen seems fine. Uh, Line A, Connors, Point, everything seems fine on all those fronts. 
it's just hard to be like that's the guy you know to pick a guy that we want to target because we know he could leave none of these guys seem to be willing to leave they would have signed an offer sheet by now right like Sebastian Ajo signed with day one he wants out I I guess I I don't know and I guess is a really bad podcast answer but I don't really have a, a strong feeling one way or the other. I, I guess part of me feels like there's still a chance that some of them would be open to being moved. But then at the same time, maybe they're just waiting. It. But then what is the big holdup? Like, why isn't Line A signed? Why isn't Connor signed? I think it's Martyr. It starts with Martyr. Or Point. One of the two have to sign, or, or or one of them. One of them have to sign. Whoever it happens to be has to go first, but they're all gun-shy because none of them want to set the market. None of them want to be the guy that loses out potentially. So you think it's from their end? You don't think it's from the general manager's end? I don't think so. I think if the general managers could, they would sign these guys to proper deals to just get it done and, and dust it and not have to worry about it during the summer. Uh, but... I, I think that these guys are waiting. They're just going, well, I don't I don't know what the market is for a premier RFA. I don't know if I can argue the case of not having to go through a bridge deal. Or am I going to have to suck it up and play another two years at a cap hit like, or, or one year like Kevin LeBanc and, 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 you know, help my team out? Damn it, Kevin LeBanc. <laughs> Kevin LeBanc screwed it up for everyone. Because now GMs are going, look, Kevin LeBanc did it. You, you can't tell me that Kyle Dubas hasn't used the Kevin LeBanc argument at least once. Look, Mitch, take five mil this year for one year, and then we'll give you 13 over over five. One more kick at the can before we blow this thing up. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's hard to say who's who's holding out. I believe it's going to be the players in this end. I think the GMs would be fine with, with signing these guys, obviously to the term that they'd be comfortable with, but these guys aren't willing to sign what the GMs are willing to do. Okay, because I think from the team's perspective, it would be smart to get this done now yeah. before Marner signs for $12 million. <laughs> that way you're not having to pay uh, like line A or Connors or point, like high single digits, maybe even low uh, double digits. But then it, that's why you have to think that those guys, for all due respect, lower on the totem pole are going to wait for Mitch Marner. If Mitch Marner signs 12, okay, I know. If he signs 13, all right. It's only a million dollars more, but that changes the argument. You know, he's going to be the highest paid player in the league for a winger. Let's see. Let, let's give me some some cheddar here for guys like Line, guys like Aristolainen or Rantanen. Sorry, Rantanen, not Aristolainen. I guess I see. I see the point you're trying to make. Uh, anything else on the Marner rumor update? No, uh, it's it's just it's just a rumor. He wants he seems to want something that Toronto isn't willing to give him. Uh, it's great for page views. <laughs> My God, uh, Toronto loves to click on stuff. It's incredible, um, but it's confusing. It's really confusing for a guy that for all for what I believe wants to stay there and a team that wants to keep him there. They can't seem to make it work um, for reasons like they have an internal budget, I guess, or they have the cap, I suppose, and they screwed that up by signing Tavares and, and Matthews to $11 million deals. Well, like, that's what happens. Like, they, they, seem, they, they seem to have it all figured out. They're all so smart. Like, okay, we got Tavares at 11, Matthews, all right, 11.634, and then we'll get Nylander at 6.962366, although I think that has to do with the fact that he signed later in the year. There's a proration Probably. thing going on. Uh, it'll work. And then pff, it doesn't. You, this is Toronto. This is Toronto, man. I don't confuse. I don't know. We will probably be talking about this for weeks to come. If I had any guess, because I don't think there's. I'd be very shocked if we woke up tomorrow and like Mitch Marner signed or something. Yeah, because it comes out of nowhere, right? Like it just. Oh, all of a sudden he signed. What I thought an offer sheet was coming, right? That's the last bit of news we have. If he just turns around and signs, you're going. Obviously, the offer sheet was just, you know, blowing smoke up our butt, but like still, ugh, I'm really confused because again, it seems like he wants to say they want to keep him, but they just can't make it work out, even though apparently they had their internal math already figured out. I don't, it just, some something isn't making any sense. There's something, someone's not saying the truth here. Exactly. 
So let's move along, Mitch, and talk about the power play, which is a very big topic on this show. It seems like we talk <laughs> about it all the time. But this one is an interesting take that you had, and uh, we can go into it. So you wrote something saying the power play needs closers. And then you talked about Joshua Sang because a lot of people called to him last year when the power play was struggling and said, oh, maybe call him up. He could potentially help. And you said, eh, not so fast because you believe – the Islanders need a goal scorer on that power play. Right. And it's not to say, like, I don't want to make it seem like I'm trying to say Joshua Sang doesn't belong on the power play. He does. But it's to say that the power play isn't going to get better simply because Joshua Sang is there. Because when you think about it, what does Joshua Sang bring to the table? He's a playmaker. He creates openings so that players that are around him who have a better shot can get the puck on net or into the net. Joshua Sang is not a, su- a shooter. We already know this. This is established canon for Joshua Sang in his career. He's not a shooter. He can shoot. He's just not a volume shooter. But when you look at the Islanders' power play in terms of their numbers, some of their numbers, they're pretty good in, in-, in most categories. So here- here's some that I got. The New York Islanders' power play finished 10th in shots on goal on the power play. Uh, They finished ninth in Fenwick, so that measures shots on goal and missed shots, so shots towards the net, ninth in the NHL, we're talking about, obviously. Uh, They finished 10th in expected goals for, so the amount of shots and the quality of shots that they generated should have ranked them 10th in goals for uh, in the NHL. Obviously, they did not meet that mark. And they finished 6th in high danger chances for. Ninth, 10th, 4th, Sixth, right? Did I get that right? Tenth, ninth, tenth, sixth. I don't know where I got fourth from. They're in the top third of the NHL in all in all four measurable criteria of trying to get shots towards the net, shots around the net, shots on the net, high danger chances, and creating goals that are shots that should have turned into goals. They're in top third for that. You know, Joshua saying might help that and push it into the number four, sure, but. They're already there, and they should have been, in terms of expected goals for, 10th in the NHL in terms of scoring, and they were not. See, I'm going to... I'll argue the other side, okay. just for laughs, even yeah, though but, I think you bring up a good point for needing a goal scorer. And listen, I would be all for the Islanders adding like a Patrick Laine type player that we just talked about. Yeah. Why I think Josh Hosang could help and make the power play better, that's the side that I'll take. It's because, yes, you gave all those metrics and the Islanders were in the top 10 in most of them. And like you said, in the upper third, wouldn't you think that adding another skilled player to that mix would increase that even more? Because that's think of all those numbers with Cal Clutterbuck being on the power play. If you swap out Joshua saying for Cal Clutterbuck, you're telling me that they're not going to create even more opportunities. And then that last year... Like we talked about outliers a ton last year because the Islanders as a whole seemed like an outlier team. But if things always regress to the mean, then you would think that if the Islanders go in with the same plan they did as last year, that they would create those same types of chances and the goals would start going in with more talent? Arguably, yes. Uh, and I know you're playing devil's advocate, but I'm going to argue you, with you like sure. you believe it. Sure, yeah, you could say that, but you could you could swap Joshua Sang and, and Cal Clutterbuck. But Cal Clutterbuck played high slot on the power play. He didn't play along the wall, right? So you're already putting Joshua Sang in, in a situation where he isn't any better. Uh, that's not his the wheelhouse is playing the high slot. That's not his thing. I'm sure he could make it work, and I'm sure he could do something with it, but that's just not his strength. You're playing outside of a position where he's good at. There's also the argument of we already have a bunch of danglers around. We already have a bunch of guys who get openings and create opportunities and you're putting another one in you're arguably taking uh, more shots off the board than you're adding if it's the way i'm, I'm going with this I, I want to add uh joshua sang over cal clutterbuck sure but i think the guys who are responsible for scoring goals need to start doing that like i brought up anthony beauvillier um, Anders Lee, not Anders Lee, sorry, Anthony Beauvillier, Brock Nelson, Matthew Barzal. How many power play goals do you think they had between all three, like combined? Ten? Six. Oh, okay, wow. Between three of them. Bo had one, Brock had two, yes, and, um, uh, yeah, sorry, Brock and Barzal converted twice. Sorry, Barzal had three, Brock had two, Bo had one. 
for a 769 save uh, shoot percentage from Barzal, a 536 shoot percentage from Brock Nelson, and a 4.37 shooting percentage from Beauvillier. Like those numbers have to go up. I'm not expecting to hit them like 20 and 30 save per- or shoot percentage, but if you're hitting the 8 to 10s, you're, you're obviously creating more goals, and that's where the Islanders create. That's where the, or not create, but that's where the Islanders need to get better. Is these guys got shots? Like Brock had 39 shots on the power play. Sorry, that was Barzal. Brock also had 39. I'm just reading it as I'm going. Brock okay. and Barzal had 39 shots on the power play each, and Bo had 21. That's a lot of shots on the power play to only get it six is. goals. That's got to change. And wouldn't you think, though, if you added Joshua saying that they would be in better positions to score? Well, this is what I'm arguing is that they're already in that position to score. They're already getting their chances. Again, the Islanders finished sixth in terms of high danger chances. They finished tenth in uh, expected goals four. It's already there. The power play is already doing what it should do to convert. It's just the guys who are supposed to convert aren't converting. So okay, it's either so they're then- not converted, they're not good converters, or they need to get better next year. It's one of the two. So you're putting it on Bovile, Barzal, and Nelson? 100%. Okay. It took a while to get us there, but we got there. Okay. Sorry. No, no, I'm not blaming you for that. That's me not being a good communicator. It's okay. (laughs) We just got to talk through it, and I'm sure the listeners appreciate that. Which is the entire point of this. Yes, which is exactly the entire point of a podcast. So, again, do we we believe that Joshua Sang belongs on the power play? Of course. Yes. Uh, and and maybe it's an idea if he doesn't belong in the high slot and it's a, you know changing things around. Uh, maybe Bo goes in that high slot and Cal can go to the net or or, or Cal is out and you put uh, Hosang on the on the half wall on the right side. Sure, sure, that might work. But it's again it always it's always going to come back to me anyway. So the guys like Brock, Barzal, and Beauvillier to convert more, not a ton more, but a little bit more. Right, and that would just make the power play average, which. I just could survive with. I'm not going to say those three guys alone contribute more that they're going to be average, but it certainly gets them above the 14.5 efficiency rating they had last year. You would hope so. <laughs> if, it's, if it doesn't, we're in a world of hurt. <laughs> All right. I want to move on and talk about one of our favorites Let's now? Let's do that. Yes. All right. Not that Josh saying isn't one of our favorites, but somebody else who is one of our favorites, Devon Tays, he had a phenomenal rookie year. And we just wanted to go through and talk about what we saw in year one that we liked and what we think his ceiling could be at this level. Okay, it's it's good. Uh, he was great. In, in most metrics, so relative metrics of four Devin Tays, I'm going to get into metrics again. This is all thanks to Natural Stat Trick. Um, so if you don't know what a relative metric is, let me read it out just so I don't screw it up. Uh, a relative uh, metric, so like the relative Corsi 4 on a player, is the difference between the team stat with that player on the ice and the team stat with that player off the ice. And it does not include games where the player is scratched or not active on the roster. So when he, the impact he gives you when he's on the ice, not counting when he's off the ice, just him on the ice. Um, he was, in terms of Corsi 4, a plus 6.35. For defensemen, that was the best. He was number one in, in, in all these categories that I'm going to name right now. In Corsi 4, he was top. Uh, he was top for uh, relative expected goals 4, Fenwick 4, relative scoring chances 4, and relative high danger chances 4. All those metrics, he was the number one defenseman for the Islanders. And in most of those, it wasn't even close. Like, the number two wasn't even close. Like, Scott Mayfield was number two in Corsi 4 with a 2.49, almost four points below Devin Taves. Wow. So the, okay, it's insane. It's absolutely insane how how good this guy was going forward and creating scoring opportunities. Right, and that's what we're kind of expecting for him uh, this year. So he was on pace over a full eighty-two game season for thirty-one points based on his play last year. Yep. I think it's fair to say that both you and I think he is going to eclipse 31 points if he plays a full 82 games this upcoming year, correct? 100%. Yes. Right. So to me, this seems like a guy who should be able to eclipse 40 points pretty easily because you look at all those numbers and then you include him just getting even more NHL experience and developing even more so. 
you should be able to pencil him in for 40 pretty easily, especially if you consider the Islanders' offense being better. Yeah, the only the only reason I, I exhale deeply is because the one thing that Devin Tays isn't good at is defense. And it's not to say that he's bad at it, but that's the one blight on his game. It's defensively, mm-hmm. he's not the best. He's fine. He's fine defensively. It's just if there's any room for improvement, it's on the defensive side, and that's what Barry Trotz is the best at, right? Like you saw what he right. did with with Pulak, Pelic, Mayfield. Nate, the and- list goes on. And that's why you put him with a Scott Mayfield who is more defensive. Exactly. And even then, Scott Mayfield was pretty good going forward. Like, there's a number of times where Mayfield can recognize when he can pinch and go forward. And he's pretty good. For a big body, the guy can skate and the guy can move. Um, But you're right. You know, pairing him with Scott Mayfield makes sense. Um, I just wonder if Barry Trotz is going to emphasize defense more for, uh, for Devin Tays. And maybe that impacts his scoring. Like, look what happened with Nick Letty this year, right? Like, he had to play a lot of defense, and that scoring wasn't there. It, it kind of turned on at the end of the year, not by a whole lot, but, you know, it, it helped. Uh, or, sorry, it went up. I could see that maybe happening for Devin Taves. And I, this is me playing devil's advocate. The only way that he might not eclipse the 40 points is when is because Barry Trotz might tell him to focus on defense more. Like, uh, okay, I don't... I see the point you're trying to make because we saw that happen with Matthew Barzell. We saw it happen with Nick Letty and a lot of other guys. But I just feel like their defensive unit as a whole clicked so well that you shouldn't try to change any one of those guys. Right, and he was here last year when everyone was having those down years and Barry Trotz is year number one. So if the down... if Oh my God, imagine this. Imagine... How do I say this? Um, Everyone went through a slump trying to learn the defense. What if that was his slump? Well, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> right? So then maybe we're looking at a 50-point defense then. <laughs> obviously, we're talking pie in the sky here, and, and uh, we went from devil's advocate to uh, the, the holds bar, I'm on cloud nine, but you're going, everyone else had to, like, he, the, the thing we kept saying throughout the year is, Barry Trotz will break you down to build you back up again. What if he did that? What if that's what happened? And and we're going to get an even better, more explosive Devin Tays, who's more willing to take offensive risks because he knows how to play the defensive side of the game for for Barry Trotz. Yeah, I, I can't believe you dropped that bomb on me because now I don't know what to uh, what to think there, Mitch. I'm salivating. But, yeah, I am too. But the <laughs> point being, I guess we should get to what his ceiling could be. And for me, it's. I would say a 50-point defenseman. Like, we're talking absolute ceiling. Yeah. So, I would say 50 points and a top-pairing guy. I'm comfortable with that. I'm going to second that. Like, it's absolute ceiling, I think. 50-point guy, top-pair guy, easily. Uh, It could go more, I guess. Uh, But we've only ever seen 48 games from this guy, so who knows? Uh, But from what we've seen and what we think might happen, yeah, 50 points seems fair. As a ties like best, that's how he tops out. Although I leave myself open to the possibility of more. Yeah, and as for next year, if I had to throw out a wild number, I'll go. Let's say forty-two points. I don't know. That's sticking out to me. Yeah, that sounds right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit like straight up forty. Is what I'm gonna sure. do. I'm gonna hit the, right there. Obviously, who knows what happens, but <clears throat> yeah, it just seems like that's the type of season he's gonna have. Maybe not crazy prolific going forward but enough that we're going to see an improvement from him. Absolutely. Uh, anything else on Devontae's before we get into our trivia segment? I'm really looking forward to his year, man. I, I'm, I'm, he's one of the Islanders I'm looking forward to the most. I would definitely put, rank him in my top, probably top three for Islanders I'm looking forward to watch next year. Yeah. I would probably go him, Barzal, and... I might go Pulak. Really? See, I want to see Varlamov. I, I want to see if why Lou wanted him so bad. Okay, this is what I'm looking for. It, was there something there, or was there not? But the other two, I'm right there with you. I want to see Barzal just explode this year. That would be that would be amazing. Perfect. All right, so let's get into this Blake Como trivia. Okay. 
So, Blake Como, as we know, was drafted by the New York Islanders. This is the Blake Como edition, and what we like to do now is get some questions on on players. And obviously, I wasn't prepared enough to uh, write some questions out because I didn't know who to take because it was a terrible draft. Um, but we'll try it. We'll try this. So, Blake Como again drafted by the Islanders. Uh, do you remember what round he was drafted in? Second. Okay, good. What position did Blake Como play? Left wing. Ooh, good call, buddy. There's only, I guess, three choices. But, you know, we, we played multiple choice last week, and I didn't even give you a choice there. So No, you didn't give me a choice on any of the two questions so far. <laughs> well, so. I, the, the first one was more of an exploratory question, just to see if I could use that one or not. <laughs> um, okay, he, here's a, a yes or no, and, and maybe you get it. Is Blake Como currently playing in the NHL? Is he currently signed or? I don't want to go signed. So let's say, did he play in the NHL last year? Yes. You're right. He did. Uh, He played for the Dallas Stars, scored 18 points in 77 games. I think he's under contract again this year too. Probably. I I didn't look up the the contract situation. Uh, Okay. Last question. What is Blake Como's most prolific year? I, and I, what I want you to guess is how many points did he score in that year? You have the choice of 35, 46, or 52. What was I'm his going most? High. Sorry? 52. I'm going high, 52. It was 46 points in the 2010 2011 season with the New York Islanders. All right. In 77 games, he had 24 goals, 22 assists for 46 points. And a minus 17 rating. Okay. <laughs> I did pretty good. I'll survive with that. Yeah. He followed that up in 2011, 2012 with uh, zero points and 16 games for the Islanders. Pulled a good old Anthony Beauvillier. Yikes. <laughs> Not the best. Not the best. <laughs> so that's all. all I right. Want to get into the social stuff? Let us do that. What do you got? Okay. So my first one is. Old pal, friend of the show, Robin Leonard, won himself a Masterton Trophy. So that was delivered this week. Mitch, would you know that there was a mistake engraved on his trophy? I can't believe they made that dumb mistake. Like, that's that's next-level typoism right there. They put for team New York Rangers. It's unreal. He played for the Islanders. The, the worst possibly could like Chicago Blackhawks would have made more sense. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, it would have. How do they do that? They had one job is to write his his name, the team he won the award with, and sorry, the name of the award. Does his name even on it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it so is. So it has to be the name of the award, which should be obvious. They have to get his actual name. Good job by them. The team he played for, not hard, and the year he wanted it, last year. Like, that's fourth. You have to do four things, and you still got it wrong. That's embarrassing. I mean, that that's real tough to swallow for, for Islanders fans, but more so for the, the NHL. Like, that's a bad look by them making the mistake on that award. Because, listen, I understand mistakes happen. I get it. I make mistakes all the time. But for that award specifically, with what that meant for not only Leonard, but for a lot of people, and for his speech, that which stole the show at the NHL Awards, mm-hmm. and then you follow that up with giving out an award with a type of one, it's almost like, it shows you don't care. It shows you don't care. And that's that's rough. On an award that, yeah, I realize it's not the Hart Trophy. It's not the Selkie, although like the Selkie isn't that important. Or the Norris or the Vezina or the Jack Adams. It's none of those trophies. The Masterson still meant something this year because, like you said, he had that that uh, that speech. And he won it for a good reason. He came out at the, at the beginning of the season with a gut-wrenching story about everything that he's gone through and everything that he's done to get to where he is. And then he has the season he has. It's not just like he came out and said, like, I'm battling battling mental health and I'm doing my darndest to beat this, th- not beat this thing, but to live with it and live with it well. Um, mm-hmm. And he's, he's darn done doing it. And then he goes and pitches a 930 save percentage over the entire year with a 213 goals against average. He's a Vezina finalist. He deserved that darn thing. And then you're like, Rangers. And and put his team on his back in the first round of the playoffs. Yes. 
And then you put the Rangers. The Rangers. Come on, guys. That's pretty rough. I had a follow-up one for that, too, because just a couple of days after, NHL, again, the Twitter account this time, uh, tweets out a video, and it's Jordan Everly in the video, but (laughs) they said it was Johnny Boychuk, and on top of that, they misspelled Boychuk's last name. (laughs) Oh, man. I I get it when you want to type up Boychuk. You usually put, uh, what, is it a C before the K? Like, you just want to write that out because it sounds right because you're thinking Chuck when you write Chuck is C-H-U-C-K, but it's not there in his actual name. It's just a K. But this isn't, he's not like a rookie. He's That's been around true. a long time. Like 11 years You or should something. know by Both now. Both of them. How did they just, did they just guess? Or maybe someone thought, like, it's a J. It's Johnny Boychuk, and they had a, the brain fart, and they went with Johnny or uh, Jordan Eberle, or they, they mixed it around. See, I just mixed it myself. You just did it. But yeah, but... But I, I didn't write I out know. the tweet. I just had it. And then when I would see the face, I would go, wait a second, that's not Johnny Boychuk. I don't know, man. I, I know it's probably some poor intern who's either not getting paid or getting paid minimum wage. And I, I don't want to rip on interns, but that, that again, that's that's a bad look from the, <laughs> the, the league's the official Twitter account. The best. Like, sorry. How many editors does that have to go through? On both of them, the award and that. Like, how many people had to look at that before it went out? The award, probably a lot. I'm not so sure about the tweet. I'm sure that's just someone who is... Just didn't have a good day in the office, but the award that's got to go through a number of people, and I'm not I'm not really blaming the, the person who engraves it because they're probably not even an NHL follower, right? This probably some like trophy shop somewhere in New York City, and they just sent it to them, and they're like, "All right, well, uh, you know, I just I just follow the pattern that I'm given." Of course, yeah. Um, did you see Johnny Boychuk's answer to that that video? No, what he say? He said, "Unless I got a lot shorter, that's John, that's Jordan Eberle." <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like that sense of humor. That's pretty good. So good, good job by him. Um, I had, well, there's really two things in one. Uh, you uh, put up a tweet for from the Eyes on Owls account the other day where uh, MSG Live, is it, was streaming the Tavares game. Oh, MSG Plus. They had yeah, they had it on uh, TV. There you go, MSG Plus. I don't know. I don't know anything about MSG. I don't. I don't get that here. Um, but with that being with that, uh, Isles Territory on Twitter. So at Isles Territory said only fifty three days until Isles hockey season or a hockey, and they added the uh, cases Zekas and they had the video of him scoring a shorthanded goal in that Tavares game. In oh, it's just oh, just the call itself beautiful because. Suzuki doesn't really score a lot of goals. He did this year, and then he scores a shorthanded one against Tavares in uh, or on Long Island. Oh, wild! That's big time stuff. Yeah, it was big time stuff watching that live. Just absolutely fantastic. Oh my god, I couldn't. Uh, I still get shivers from it. I still get shivers. That's a honestly probably favorite regular season game I've ever been to for the Islanders. Favorite favorite game ever I've ever been to in, in any sport. Favorite game. Wow, that's big stuff. It's, how could you top that? I, I, I've only ever been to one playoff game, and it's been the Ottawa Senators when Daniel Alfredson lost his mind on the bench <laughs> against the Rangers. The only time I've ever seen a playoff game. That's a good memory, though. Well, it's not like you're a Senators fan. Though. No, I don't care about either team. I hate the Rangers and I hate the Senators. I actually hate both teams. I just went because I got cheap tickets. I don't blame you. <laughs> Why not? I wish I could go to Islanders games on the playoffs, but it's hard to do. Yeah, it's certainly not easy for you. Um, I had another one. Okay. So, yeah. Yesterday, yes, yesterday we found out that Belmont was approved, final approval. Yes. So, as great as that is, there's video today of bulld- bulldozers or I, I don't know, what is it? Excavators. Excavators. Okay, I don't know my construction terminology. My son so knows the wrong one. My son and daughter both know them. Good for them. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to tell you, Mitch. You read a book. They, you're telling me that they're both sitting up here saying excavators. Yes. Like if you if you showed them a picture of what well, was, they call them diggers. Because that that's oh, what people. So, oh, so they don't know. They know it's ex- <laughs> in French. It's excavator. So they know that. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. You're frustrating me now. <laughs> okay. 
These construction contraptions were ripping the trees out of the ground. Yes! There you go. So it's underway. It's happening. Things are moving. But Matt, this, this is, is all pre-construction. It's not actual shovels in the ground, right? Just let's it's come. Still, I know. Does it matter, Mitch? <laughs> they are still doing the damn thing. <laughs> I know. I was so excited. And then I see the tweets like, well, it's not actually shovels in the ground. I'm sorry. There's dirt being dug up in Belmont for an arena. That counts to me, baby. <laughs> No, it absolutely does. They explained, I saw a tweet where it's like, it's the process of getting the area ready for the area. I'm like, this counts. Literally, the first yeah. second that something has happened, the first machinery that is brought out there and something is getting ripped from the ground, that, that counts. Sorry, did they, did they not have to wait for approval for this to start? Yes? Done. Counts. We're in. 100%. I don't care if it's like a sparrow looking for uh, a goddamn like worm and he's like moving dirt to get to it. That counts to me. I'm in. And the second they said yes, I'm in. 100% in. And we are extremely happy and that can't come soon enough. 2021 should be ready. Oh, God, yes. Anything else on the social segment, Mitch? No. It's been quiet again this week. Um which is fine, I guess, but we're a week closer now, a week closer to hockey season starting. It's less than, you know, what, we're 52 days? 50 days, uh, is it? No, 51. 51 days until the season starts. Oh, man, I can't wait. I can't wait. Not to rush September, but, like, I can't wait for October to start. Yes, neither can I. Uh, although, interesting news. Okay. So I'm putting you on the spot. All too. right. I don't know if this person's listening because, well, I'll just say it anyway. So, uh, I found out yesterday that one of my cousins is getting married on October 4th. Okay. Congrats to them. Which is the the same day the Islanders open their season. Unbelievable. You're going to be high and dry on day one. Day one. That's what, yeah, yeah, so you're like, I knew you didn't understand that first. But, yeah, so I will be... Out east on Long Island at a wedding for opening night. Now, this person is an Islanders fan. That's why I didn't necessarily want to tell the story at first, but I said, forget it. I got to give the people what they want <laughs> and and explain. And I can't leave Mitch high and dry. Um, So, yeah, that, that's what's happening. I'm a, I'm a little upset about it, but he's an Islanders fan, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's a place where I could watch this, at least part of it. Yeah, at a wedding? Oof. All right, that's fine. It's day one. I'll say I got the party going alone. That's all right. Party for one. Woo! Well, at least I'm giving you enough advance. I'm not like dropping on it to you the <laughs> day before or anything like that. It's a legitimate excuse. It's not like I don't want to do it. Well, to that person listening, did you not like what? Come on, man. Did you not look at the calendar ahead of time? Although <laughs> weddings, I get it. Like, that's a you're you're planning this to like a year ahead, and you're just kind of like fingers crossed. And sometimes the and- venue is you just can't get. I get it. My cousin's a guy too, so I'm sure his fiance is the one doing most of the. Uh, I help with the planning. The... Did you have a say in the date? Yes, I didn't care, okay. but I had a say. Okay, so he fair, probably. We Go did ahead. it at like my in-laws' place, so like it's you know, we could have got it any day we wanted. Oh, okay. So, but I I get when people are like renting churches or you know ballrooms and stuff. I I get it. You have to do that, like especially in, I imagine on Long Island, you know, they're not the only people getting married. No, no, I don't know what it's like up there, but big thing because that that wedding's on a Friday, right? October fourth is a Friday, I'm pretty sure. Sure. And um, I'm going to another wedding this month for one of my friends, which is on a Friday, so. That's becoming a big thing People because get- Saturday weddings are mad expensive on Long Island. Really? Mm-hmm. Sorry, not that I, I expected. Sorry. My really is that people are doing like like Friday is cheaper somehow. Yep. So that's why people are doing it because, um, yeah, pretty much Fridays are significantly cheaper. So they just figured you might as well do it on Friday. Wild. Huh. The more you know, huh? Jeez, that sucks. But, you know. Whatever you can do to save a buck, might as well do it. Well, yeah, I mean, we, weddings are extremely expensive, so you got to cut costs somehow. That's right. So you're going to be wearing full-on Islanders gear while you're at this I wedding? Sh- 
I'm thinking maybe I have a blue. No, no, like jersey. Navy blue suit. No, I can't do that. Oh. I could maybe get like a blue and orange tie going. There you go. I feel like that'd be pretty cool. There you go. I think that the groom would appreciate that. Yeah, a little white shirt, blue and orange tie with the, my blue jacket and blue pants. I think Perfect. I'm in on that. There you go. Excellent. All right, so let's get some plugs out of here before we wrap up episode 104. So wherever you are listening to this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps out with our searchability and helps us create more podcasts. So we really appreciate all that. You can also follow along with us on social media at eyes on aisles FS on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary and why Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. You can like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You can also download our app, which is available on the Google play store or the iTunes store or app store, whatever the hell it's called. Uh, Same difference. Same difference. Uh, so you can download that. You get push notifications anytime an article is published, so it comes in handy. Or you can visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs. And last but certainly not least, if you aren't already, subscribe to the Patreon page, patreon.com slash eyesonisles, where you can get additional content, additional podcasts. For instance, we are going to record the mailbag right after this. And during the regular season, we do post-game shows right now since there's no games. We're doing deep dives on subjects and going a little bit more in-depth stuff we can't do on the regular show. So definitely stuff you want to check out. Yeah, we argued about top five prospects yesterday. Yeah, that was a good one. That one was a lot of fun. So if you haven't checked that one out already, make sure to subscribe and check that one out. Episode 104 in the books. Once again, I am Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.